Hello and welcome to Comically Incompetent. My name is Doug, and this week we're talking about the next installment in Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My, I think, second favorite movie in this whole, like, in the beginning of this, up through Phase 2, is this movie, Captain America the Winter Soldier. I mean, it's so amazing. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, First order of business this week is new logo. I hope you guys like it. Take a look at that. Second order of business is our beer. Now we have another out-of-California beer, which I know is rare for us. We're talking about uh, beer from Prairie Artisan Ales, which is out in Oklahoma City. So that's pretty cool. And it is a farmhouse ale, American farmhouse ale, called Murica. So I thought that kind of worked with our Captain Murica. And uh, yeah, let's introduce our guest this week. we got a returning guest. I think it's fourth or fifth time. Adam, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me back. So glad to talk about Winter Soldier. Uh, I, I loved watching this on the, uh, on, the, on the rerun. This was great. Oh, man. Yeah. This movie I've seen a million times, and I still will watch certain scenes and just be like, oh, man, that was so cool. <laughs> right, just just epic. And uh, this is really where Marvel is kind of turning it up. You know, like, they're going full oh, yeah. here, full force. They have their direction, know which way they're going, got their characters established. I, I, loved, I loved viewing this movie again. Yeah, I mean... This one is just, it's so mind-blowing. I think, like you said, it was a big turning point for Marvel. And I think a big thing about it was the directors. You got the Russo brothers for the first time who would go on to direct, I think, the greatest of all the Marvel movies. Besides maybe yeah. James Gunn directing Guardians of the Galaxy. I, yeah, I loved it too. And I think I think their dynamic was perfect. They they pulled in a lot of, you know, comedic elements that we've seen from a lot of them. A lot of really close, tight action scenes. And... I, I I agree with you. This is I think this is one of the best installments of the uh, the second wave. Yeah, I mean easily. And so for our listeners, there's just so much movie that I don't want to bog it down by basically just rereading the plot to you. I think you know watch the movie, and I think we're just gonna hit the main points, talk about things we like, things we didn't like, and just kind of break it down more in a more relaxed way. Because usually we just read through the plot and kind of talk about it that way. But there's too much, and I don't want it to be boring and just rereading the plot. So we're just gonna kind of talk about our favorite parts. Parts we liked, didn't like, things that happened, big big moments, and kind of hit the hit the main points here. I think that sounds like a good way to go. Awesome. So I think our first big thing, though, I think one of my favorite things, is we get Sam Wilson for the first time, the Falcon, in this movie. Yeah, and I, I so I, I haven't seen this movie quite as many times as you have. Um, so it's it kind of interesting for me to get kind of reintroduced to him. Um, and it's funny because he doesn't really get introduced as the Falcon until... I'd say what, like three quarters of the way through the movie, like right, right, kind of yeah. when they need him. But he's he's a great character. Like we, well, yeah, yeah. So we get introduced to him right away, right when he's running with Steve Rogers in the first, you know, and he's on your left, on your left, you know. And yeah, the famous on your left line. I love, love that, love that little quip. Um, you know, coming right out of, uh, yeah, just you know, coming coming right out of boot camp, and they're they're exhausted right at the end of it, um, and just have this little quip, get to know each other, but then you know he doesn't really become like a prominent character uh, in the series until a little bit later in the movie. Yeah, one of my favorite things about this opening scene is when we have um, Falcon and, and um, Captain America talking, and he's talking about how, like, oh, these are the things that you missed, and Cap has his little list of things that he needs mm-hmm. to catch up on. His list is great. I took a screenshot of it. It's I Love Lucy, the moon landing, Berlin Wall, then in parentheses, up and down. Nice. <laughs> Steve Jobs, in parentheses, Apple, and then Disco, Thai food, Star Wars was crossed out, so we know that Captain America has seen Star Wars. Right. That's that. that then, yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, and then Nirvana, Rocky, and then 
uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, re- recommends Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man album. Yep, and then they yeah. uh, they listen to it right later when he's uh, at, at, towards the end of the movie, right? Yeah, pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah, I I, I thought that was kind of funny too. Kind of puts it in context, uh, you know, where we kind of were in t- 2014, like the highlights, everything that was going yeah. on. And I love the little references to you know other pop culture uh, in this movie. You know, when they talk about you know War of the Worlds later when they're down in the yeah in the the Shield Lab. But I I, I kind of like that they're they're. They're more aware that they're they're kind of placing the Avengers in this kind of alternate universe from ours, but it's almost a parallel universe. Like we're just one away from it, and all the yeah. you know, and this the cinematic universe is our glimpse into uh, the MCU with all those little references. Yeah, exactly. I think that comes across so much better in this movie because the way the Russo brothers did it, it felt like, and like a spy movie more than like a superhero movie. It felt accessible, which is why I think it was so good. It wasn't like. A big like, oh, aliens coming down from the sky kind of thing. It was a lot more. It felt a lot more like a James Bond movie than it felt like a Marvel movie, and I think that's why it was such a cool movie to kind of turn. It made and it made it feel more like an Earth like ours because it was a lot more like ours. It was a lot more. I mean, besides obviously some things that were not realistic, most of it's felt pretty, like relatively realistic. Like yeah, the way they're running and like on the run, hiding, and like it's a lot more of like a spy espionage thing going on than a superhero movie. I really liked how uh, like a, a lot of the action sequences are so close too, and they're so calculated and like feel very real. And we don't really see a lot of the characters come into their full, you know, come to their full fruition until the very last scene. You know, like. They're kind of just fighting in their, and, and, you know, going through their missions in their just regular garb. And I think that just kind of has to do with the theme of, you know, nobody knows who anybody else is, and you don't know who you yeah. can trust. Yeah, that was a big thing this movie, is who who can you trust? Because, I mean, the whole thing about this movie is that S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated by HYDRA this whole time. Right. And there's, the, like, no one can trust anyone. It's just like this whole turn of events, where, like, you can't, like, even, like, uh, Rumlow, who's played by Frank Grillo... He's, like, been in the movie, Cap trusts him pretty, like, not, like, explicitly. Like, he trusts him, though, pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then to find out, like, all these guys that he's trusted this whole time, except for pretty much um, Nick Fury, have all been working for Hydra the whole time, secretly. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of, it's scary, too, because in, you know, in Captain America, the first Avenger, you have Hydra as this crazy company who's infiltrated the enemy, right? I mean, they're, yeah. a, they're a rogue, you know, Nazi organization, and you're, you know, you're thinking, dang, you know, the Nazis were some of the worst, you know, people in human history. And, you know, for them to be able to infiltrate them is crazy high level. And then we come to this movie where they've infiltrated everybody you think you know you can trust. So you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're turning around, you don't know, you, you know, who's good, who's bad. I love that scene at the end where they're like, they, you know, they could be anywhere. They could be standing right next to you and everybody has this little tense moment. This movie is very tense. Yeah. There's a lot of those sequences. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's so many moments of just, like, you're wondering, like, are they in on it? Are they on it? And you don't, you don't really know. Besides, obviously, like, you have, like, your three main in this movie, which is Sam Wilson, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, and Captain America. Outside of them, you don't really know who anyone is and what side they're on. Right, because you, you start getting... Well, because I, I think another part of that, too, is, you know, Captain America is... Uh, he's he's kind of trying to live a little bit low-key and live this kind of normal life, but... How many people have infiltrated that, you know, other normal life that he has? You know, Nick Fury bugs his apartment and then yeah. tells him that it's bugged. And, you know, the the girl next door to him who he's kind of, you know, flirting with a little bit is, 
maybe working for S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe she's good, maybe she's bad. Um, I think that's kind of fun. I think I think this movie did that kind of plot twist, extra, you know, extravaganza a little bit better than Iron Man 3, um, yeah, you know, which we definitely. were just coming off last week. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I was disappointed with is, you know, it, it's kind of... You, you really don't know what the heck is going on, and as soon as you think you do, they pull the rug out from under you, like, seemingly like they're kind of mocking you. But in this one, I think it's it's a lot more suspenseful and works for the story really well with, you know, she, be, S.H.I.E.L.D. being infiltrated. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think, especially, like, this whole movie pays off so much because they reference back to this one a lot in Endgame, too. And there's a lot of scenes where, like... Because in this one, we didn't know that a lot of these guys were Hydra, and then you look back on it in Endgame, and there's even a line where Ant-Man's like, how'd you not know these guys were bad? And they're like, it was a different time, we just didn't know. Right. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, it's jarring to see how far, you know, an organization can go. And, I, you know, I, I don't quite fully get the scope of, you know, everything that Hydra is doing. It makes it seem like that they were planning out these assassinations all over the place. You know, Nick Fury was just kind of blindly following um, you know, Pierce's, you know, played by Robert Redford's, you know, lead without really knowing yeah. the true intention of everything. Um, but I, th- I think, I think the, the way in which they come together at the end makes it seem like, you know, they, they saw that this, you know, there was this crack in authority, but the Avengers are there to, you know, to come in and seal it. Yeah. And I, th- one of my favorite things about this movie that we get to is we get the winter soldier out of this movie who is, I remember, I have a funny story about this. So when this movie was coming out, like I've mentioned on the show before, I have like a relatively decent comic book knowledge. um, And this movie is coming out. I remember I was saying that these group of people are like, oh, we need to go see Winter Soldier. Like, I wonder who the Winter Soldier is. And I was like, it's Bucky Barnes. And they're like, what are you talking about? How do you know that? Like the movie hasn't come out yet. I was like, I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious. Bucky Barnes, like (laughs) he's the Winter Soldier. Interesting. And they're like, you just, people are like, you just spoiled the whole movie. I was like, I didn't know that was a spoiler. I've known for so long that's who Bucky Barnes yeah, like was. I thought that was pretty obvious. Like, I remember seeing the first Captain America and being like, oh, cool, Winter Soldier. I think uh, definitely going this, back through it this time, you know, I knew and remembered. Um, I'm not sure if now I would have picked up on that if without having exterior, you know, comic book knowledge. Because they only show him, a, you know, a few times in, you know, like a, like dark lighting and... Yeah, um, some of those scenes are pretty intense too. Like I remember the one where uh, where he's sitting in uh, Pierce's house, right, and the the maid. Oh yeah, I can't remember what her name was, but she, you know, she comes back and he's like, "Oh, you should have knocked," and then just kills her. Like yeah, you know, that that that's just it. It really introduces and kind of cements, um, you know, uh, Bucky's you know role as you know you know coming back in and being being a super prominent uh, character in the MCU. Yeah, I think that's here talking about too. Robert Redford played Pierce so well. Absolutely, he was such a good villain that like that scene where even he kills his own maid because she just happened to walk back in. He's like, "You should have knocked." Like he's he's so dark. He did such a good job. I read that um, the only reason he did it was because his grandkids were like major fans of Marvel at the time. So he was like, "I'll go be in a Marvel movie. Like that'd be fun for them to see me in it." Always fun when uh, when you when you have that you know luxury. I mean, and, but I I do think that he he played a great villain. And you kind of you kind of knew from the beginning that he was the bad guy, but you were like happy to be lured into you know a false sense of security uh, with you know with his lead. Yeah, well, he did, he did a good job in a way. Like in the beginning, like so, and we have that scene where Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury gets attacked, and he pulls uh, Redford's character pulls in Captain America, and he's like, "We need to find out who did it." 
but you can kind of tell there's something off. He did such a good job of like, is he bad? Mm-hmm. But then he'll do things and you're like, but he can't be bad if he's doing that. Yeah. But then he does something else like, oh, but he might be bad. Like the whole time, the whole time you're watching the movie, you're like not sure what side he's on. But like, he does such a good job. I think I think they I kind of got you in a little loop though, because right after, um, you know, right when um, he, he calls Captain America in to talk about what happened with Nick Fury's death and why he was in his apartment... He he gives him some weird. He's like, "Oh well, Nick. You know, did he did he tell you he was the one that bugged your house?" And then, but it's it's like, why would Nick Fury bug his house and then go to his house and tell him he bugged his house and then yeah. die? Like that. Like at that, I think that's the kind of tipping point where you you start to think that uh, this guy isn't you know all he seems. You know, he he may be in charge of you know supposedly the you know secret organization that the government has built to you know. This, this task force but it's you know it's it's not all uh it's not all easy it's not all clear and cut yeah i mean cat picks up on that pretty quickly throughout the whole situation and it, i think a lot of it stems too from when fury we think he's dead like he gets shot and he says tells cap like don't trust anyone he takes that to heart like he doesn't even trust black widow for a good chunk of the this the movie like the first half of this movie mm-hmm because he's not sure whose side she's on. Because the whole thing is, which by the way, I think one of the coolest scenes we we kind of skipped over a little bit um, when they go to like um, save the hostages from the boat, and Cap just jumps off the plane, and they're like, "Did he have a parachute?" And they're like, oh, yeah. "Yeah, I didn't have a parachute." Yeah, and that and, yeah, that's what that's where you kind of trust uh, you know Rumlow too. Yeah, because you think he's you know he's kind of this funny character. Yeah, that was one of the coolest scenes, is Cap taking down everyone on the boat just silently before they can even parachute down onto the boat. Love that. Yeah, yeah, because especially a, a lot of the other scenes are very loud and kind of in your face, and he's, like, intentionally fighting people here. He's more, you know, stealthy, going on a, you know, a little mission to, to uh, yeah, to help out S.H.I.E.L.D. I, and I, that's, yeah. that's, I think that's one of the first scenes, too, where you start to think that there's cracks in S.H.I.E.L.D. even with the people that he trusts, right, because... Uh, you know, Romanov goes for the the information, and he's like, "What the heck? That was not the mission." She goes, "That yeah. you know, that wasn't your mission." Yeah, she's always been a little cryptic, and that definitely comes through in this movie. Um, one thing I will say though about this scene on the boat is it reminds me a lot of like, you know, how Batman's always like, "I don't kill people," and then you'll see him, and it's like, "Yeah, you didn't kill him, but you definitely broke the guy's <laughs> neck, dude." Like that reminds me a lot of this scene because Cap like has that code of honor, but then he'll like break a dude's legs and throw him in the ocean. It's like, he's going to die, Cap. Right, yeah. Like, you just keep... Yeah, there's no way like, he's just making it out of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that is... That is uh, that's a good point. I like that. I was, I was just laughing. Like, he has this code of honor, but he just kills all these people who are, like, are just henchmen. Like, they probably don't even know what they're doing, really. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the... Yeah, in uh, Iron Man 3, when they... When he, like, holds the guy up and he's like, honestly, I oh, hate yeah. this place. Like, these guys are so weird. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like those little quotes. It's the the henchmen that don't are just there because you know they need a quick buck. Right. They don't know what they're doing. They know who they're working for. They're, yeah, just like just the just the Groms who uh, maybe maybe they're working for Shield, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, like they have no idea what's going on. But I, I think this movie has some of the coolest action scenes of any I agree. Phase One or Phase Two. Mar- I think this is the to me this is only second behind Iron Man in the fra- first two phases of the Marvel universe. I can see that. Yep. Because I mean, this just. It's a cool movie, man. You can't watch it without just being like, "Oh man, that was so cool." Anytime anything happens, it's super cool it's too. Fun. Yeah, and it's you're kind of you're kind of on the run with you know uh, you know Romanov and Captain America the whole time. Like you're kind of in on 
the secret level infiltrating the shield hydra you know combination and you're you're happy you're happy to go along with it and i love i love their chemistry i think uh scarlett johansson and chris evans just work perfectly together oh yeah definitely i mean i'm Anytime they get to be in the movie together, it's always exciting. Just, I mean, we've talked about it before. Scott Johansson is perfect as the Black Widow. And, I mean, I, I don't think you get anyone better than Chris Evans to play Captain America. And this when they, they work together so beautifully well. I and, mean, I mean, this scene, is, this movie's just cool, man. Like, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, you get some of the coolest action scenes in this movie. And even, like, um, some of the most real moments. Like, when they first kind of... You start to first kind of get to know Sam Wilson. And he's teaching... Uh, he's helping veterans who are suffering from PTSD and they have that group meeting and that's like you watch a movie and you're like that's one of the first like real moments you've ever seen in, in a Marvel movie mm-hmm. it's like that's that's real stuff that's real yeah oh, it- and it's nice to see it like in a movie and kind of see Captain America and these characters that are so outlandishly comic book dealing with things that are very very real right and I, I going back through and watching this movie it feels like like the first 20 minutes was Captain America being like Oh, well, I'm not in, you know, my time anymore. It's uh, like I, I lost all my friends. And then, you know, he, he'll be in uh, he, the helicopter and they're like, what, you know, what are you doing? He's like, well, it doesn't matter anymore because, I, you know, yeah. my whole world's gone. But I, I think he, I think this is kind of a wake up call for him. I definitely think that, um, you know, being able to kind of end his chapter with Peggy worked well for him to oh, kind yeah. of, you know, have a have a kind of a clearer head moving forward and kind of put a lot of that to rest. But then again, you know, it gets flipped on its head once he finds out that Bucky Barnes is the winter soldier. I mean, I think that just kind of undoes a lot of the work he did to try to mentally cope with the fact that he's been in a coma for so long. Yeah. But I think it, it works well because it's, it's kind of what he, what he needs moving forward. He needs, you need something from the past to kind of hold on to and to relate to. And that's, you know, why he's, so passive, you know, quote unquote, he definitely gets into it with Bucky Barnes, but chooses not to finish him in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think this whole movie like, is just the beginning of Captain America's story arc and character arc throughout the rest of the series. I think this is the first time we get to see him be something besides the blindly following perfect soldier guy. Mm-hmm. And it's the first, and it's all because Bucky's back. Like you said, like he was so just kind of defeated. Like I'll just be the soldier. I got nothing else going for me. Everyone I've ever known is dead right and then bucky comes back and it just kind of flips him back he's like oh there's like there are people i know like this is and he's his arc starts to begin and we get to see him grow for the first time like it hits so late and i think that's why a lot of people like personally for me i didn't like captain america until this movie because it's the first time you get to see him be like a character with these flaws and problems that you're like okay i can relate to him in ways he's not perfect yeah yeah, exactly, and I think this is the first time that you get his, a, a real like look at his arc, which then continues through Civil War and all the way through to Endgame, which, for him, it hit a little late. I mean, we've like you and I talked about it, too, like in Iron Man 2. We've gotten to see Tony Stark, his arc begin from like from the very beginning of the Marvel series. Mm-hmm. Like We get to see him grow the entire time, whereas some of these characters, they hit a little late. Like I don't believe Thor's character arc starts until Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's so one-dimensional until Ragnarok when you get to see him grow, and then all of a sudden in a few movies his arc kind of happens quickly because it hit a little late. But this is the first time we get to see Captain America grow and change as a character and kind of start being a little more, I think, like Tony Stark. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it has a lot of those elements where he's he's kind of... He, he's realizing that he's not just Captain America, but that he's also Steve Rogers and has to 
has to deal with you know everything that comes with that and it kind of snap out of the snap out of the old mentality get get with the new times and you know figure out you know as as much as as much as you know they they make fun of him having to catch up for all these new you know the social media stuff and it's the whole world is catching up on you know, the other universes, other, you know, threats and stuff. And so he's kind of taking the charge on that. Yeah. It was, it was kind of, I, I, I thought, uh, upon rewatching it, I thought Bucky was going to be introduced earlier. I mean, he, he's just kind of this, you know, autonomous figure for a while. And you still don't even know after, is it after, after the Fury fight, right? Where he has that really cool shot under the, the car and it kind of flips over and he just walks to the side and, you know, it looks over and, yeah, this is where you see. It crash. Yeah, I mean, the Winter Soldier has some cool fight. I mean, we, I think the first one of the first. Yeah, after that, so yeah, the car flips and you get to see him like in the smoke and like this big reveal of who is this villain, and then he goes to kill Fury, and then we get to see him again. Cap throws his shield and he catches the shield with his metal arm. Yep, it's like the first time we get to see like, oh, <laughs> this dude's intense. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like he means business, and I it, like you kind of get these hints that he might be this old character, but. He's still right when he's talking to to Romanov, and he says, "Oh, he's you know sounds like a ghost story because the guy has what yeah. like two hundred and forty kills over fifty years or something." Yeah, and this is the beginning of because this goes through a few movies of Bucky being mind controlled by the Russians and also Shield slash Hydra, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so sad to see like there are scenes where he after that he sees they have that big fight scene on the bridge and stuff, and Steve's like really, he finds he's the Winter Soldier, he's like you know me, Bucky. Like, you know me. And then he goes back and um, this is when we find out that um, uh, Pierce has been the one in charge of, you know, keeping the Winter Soldier mind control. And he's like, Bucky's like, I know the guy on the bridge. Like, why do I know him? And they just like basically rip his mind out again. Mm-hmm. Like completely wipe his head again. It's just like it's so sad. Like we get to, we have to see that so many times. This poor character just like starting to get his life back, starting to remember and then be have it all wiped out of his head again. And it's hard to see because it looks like he's so indoctrinated that he just willingly goes back into it instead yeah. of, you know, fighting the authority that he thinks is opposing him. It's like he he they're like, "Oh, you know, wipe it and we'll, you know, we'll start again." And he just kind of he, he puts that thing in his mouth and he leans back. Yeah, that that was pretty visceral for me. Yeah, he's just accepting it. I feel like there's nothing like the actual Bucky is buried so deep underneath all this, like, Russian spyware, basically. Right. That, like, it just, it can't even come out. Like, he's just basically like, all right, wipe my head again. Like, he's just willingly doing it, like you said. I did like... It's, just, like, it's hard to watch. Yeah. I liked a lot of, um... I, I really liked, uh, you know, Falcon's entrance as a character. I think I think it worked um, perfectly just because it he's, he seems like more of his own hero instead of, you know, kind of a sidekick you know like we see with warhammer yeah. or you know somebody else who's ad- adapting other technology he's he's kind of already there you know and i, lo- I love when they're tr- you know trying to coerce him into going along on their side and he's like oh yeah you know i this, this is my resume you know i used to do this stuff all the time like i'm already a fighter yeah i mean i i loved him i feel like I, this movie, uh, like the Falcon in this movie, is so different than the Falcon we get in the later movies because he's very quippy in the later movies. Like he gets a lot of like the, I would say, like, stereotypical comic book quippy lines. Mm-hmm. But he's such a cool character, man. Like I, I love that. I feel like he's the only character that has a real human reason to fight the fight that all these superheroes do. Yep. Because I feel like a lot of these characters, like Captain America, was like, 
you know, he he got the super soldier serum, and some of these characters just fell into like doing this. And he was one where he's like, you know what, I fought for my country before. I'm gonna fight again for what's right. And he had like the one of the most human reasons, like a reason that I'm like, I could see an actual human being like becoming a superhero if that you know, if that were possible because of the reasons that he actually did. Yeah, he he has kind of this this Batman vibe i feel like to him yeah you know just kind of this this self-made he's he's kind of using he's just like body enhancements but like tech technologically instead of like given a serum or you know from from another planet he's 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 doing the best with you know what he can work with yeah exactly and seeing him now it's just it's so cool to kind of see the beginning because like just seeing like everything that he's gone through, and then kind of seeing it back at the start, and you're like, oh yeah, like that's why he started fighting. Because I feel like when you see so many movies, you kind of start to lose where they began. Mm-hmm. But it, it was cool to see it again. I think one one scene I do want to talk about is so Sam and Natasha and Steve, uh, they get the Hi- Sitwell, that Hydra agent, who we've seen through a bunch of the movies, and you find out he's working for Hydra. Uh, and yeah. they're on the roof, and they're interrogating him to figure out. Um, <laughs> I love that scene. Like all. Yeah, all the information. He's they're like, who will? Because they uh, have this. Al- the Hydra has this algorithm to find out like who's going to be a problem for Hydra. And he references characters that we haven't seen yet. He references Doctor Strange. He's like Doctor Stephen Strange mm-hmm. is on yeah. the list. And like it's like oh shit. like because at the time we didn't know there was going to be a Doctor Strange movie. She's like oh like what's going to happen? It's going to be Stephen Strange. Right, and I like, never I never him. picked up on that the first time watching. Just because I was a, I I wasn't a huge I didn't know a lot about the uh, the universe you know outside of it so but but here I'm like now it's getting me hyped. Yeah, exactly, and I do also want to say because he was in Iron Man two, which we talked about. Gary Shandling his last appearance as um, Senator Stern, and he gets to lean in and he goes, "Hell Hydra." Right. <laughs> I, I like how they're you know they're supposed to be like sneaking around, but I think they're kind of like mocking it at this point with how much they've infiltrated oh Shield. yeah they're i mean super comfortable they, they, they're in public they really don't care and they're you know basically just you know giving this like war signal to each other yeah and then that that was a fun scene too because you you get to see uh you know anthony mackie kind of kind of teasing uh you know jasper where you know where, yeah. where he's like oh no 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 your other 10 o'clock he's like yeah and the cool guy in the shades over here yeah yeah and he's like i wouldn't want to mess up that tie uh, I love that, too, because uh, they have that scene where Captain America's holding him off the side of the building, and he's like, this isn't really your style, throwing me off a building. And he's like, you're right. It's hers. And then Natasha just yep. kicks him off the building. <laughs> That's the- and then they start having that super casual conversation of, like, who Steve should date. Well, <laughs> Yeah, while well, he's just falling. Yeah. Uh, that that scene reminded me a lot of, um, you know, the Dark Knight when he has uh, whatever that guy oh, is, at the, yeah. you know, at the top of the thing, and he's like... Yeah, you know, if you want to, you know, you should pick a better spot. This fall won't kill me. And he goes, I'm coding on it. And, you know, just drops it. <laughs> but um, I do. I, I, I did that. think of that as well. Uh, did you recognize what there was one of the, the chairmen, um, you know, who was always always in the hologram meetings with Alexander Pierce is the guy on the far left uh, was also in the Dark Knight. He was. Oh, yeah. He, he the, plays a uh, Lau. Yes. Yeah. 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 I did notice that. I love that guy. He he didn't really have a big role at all in this movie, but I think yeah, I think he, 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 he said his three lines perfectly. Yeah, I mean he's a good actor. I mean he was a major part of the Dark Knight series, so I'm, I'm surprised when he only yeah I was like oh he's here and then he didn't do anything. I was like oh all right well that's weird. Who who are those other people? Are they just other politicians? I don't think we're supposed to know. Or... I think they're okay. just like faceless 
politicians, basically, like, well, you know, like, we have the actors, but, like, pretty much the quote-unquote faceless politicians. Gotcha. Who are higher than, maybe, like, board of directors kind of thing for S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But, like, even they don't know what's going on. They have no idea that Hydra has infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Yeah, and that, then they have that gathering scene at the end, and, and Tasha pull, yeah. pulls off the, uh, yo, they gotta use that tech way more. Being able to look like oh, anybody else, why don't they just do that all the time? Yeah, it was a perfect, like, Black Widow um, gadget to use, because that's, like, so up her alley of, like, the infiltrating and looking like someone else, an espionage theme. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, one scene that we did skip over that I think is super cool is they go to um, the military base where Steve first began, yes. where he first meets Peggy and everything, and Armin Zola from the Captain America movie is still kind of alive? Like... He up he put his mind into a computer and he created this thing that we mentioned earlier where they mentioned Stephen Strange that Hydra can use it to calculate future threats. It can quote unquote in a way see into the future of certain people and pick out if they're gonna be a target for Hydra or not. Right, and that's kinda that's a little crazy to think about. It's kind of like minority report esque. Have you seen that movie before? Tom Tom Cruise. It's like they can predict murders before they happen. And then they go to oh, arrest okay. the people before. But there's there's this whole thing about, you know, well, well, people have you know free will and they technically haven't committed the crime yet. That's that's that's, that's yeah. a good one to check out. But but yeah, that's a uh, it's kind of crazy to think that Hydra is operating so under the radar that they're almost operating in the future. Like they're 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 almost yeah. they're almost not even on the same timeline as other people. That they're so far ahead of you know trying to project what's going to happen. That it's kind of scary to see, you know, how how uh, how much of a foothold they have in Shield. Yeah, I mean, to a point where they can piece, like pick out that Stephen Strange is going to be a suit, like a basically a threat to Hydra, and he's still not even got superpowers yet. He's still not even Doctor Strange. He's just a doctor who, like, a surgeon who's an asshole all this time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about the, like, the what they are able to do. I mean, it ends up getting destroyed, but. It's just, it's crazy the way, like, to think of, like, what other villains could they have, uh, or what superheroes could they have picked out before they became superheroes, and even something like the fact that they were using the helicarriers that S.H.I.E.L.D. built to find these people, and they had, they were so under the radar in S.H.I.E.L.D. that Fury even was like, these are good, like, we need these helicarriers, and he's even, like, they tricked Fury into even thinking that they needed these things, which, you know, end up just being the way that they were going to kill all the these future and current superheroes. Right. And I think you get it. You get a little bit of that realization. Well, a lot of that realization from uh, fury at the end of the movie where he's like, you know, I, I, I did everything because I thought that was, you know, the right thing to do. But now he's clearly seeing that he was just kind of, you know, led along this whole time. He was, he was a puppet on, you know, strings for, for Hydra. Yeah. But he was, he, he was a, he was a good one. I, I love, I love how he, I, obviously, you know he doesn't die, right? He at the beginning, yeah. It's too it's too early, even in the movie, for him to just go. There was not enough of a send off. You know he's coming back, but I, I like when um, you know Natasha sees him after she gets shot, and he he goes through his whole diagnosis of everything that you know. He's like, my legs are broken, my, and then the guy's like, ah, eh, don't forget your your lung, and he's like, yeah, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't want to forget that. Once th- I think the next like one of the next big scenes I really want to talk about is, I think, in a very important scene for later movies, too, is the elevator fight scene. Yes. 
Steve gets on the elevator, and then all these guys start getting on the elevator, all these people he thought he could trust, and he sees they're, you know, kind of reaching for their guns and getting ready to, and he has that line and where he's like, before we do this, does anyone want to get out? Yeah. <laughs> and then just an amazing, cool fight scene in an elevator that is so, it's, just, it's so much fun to watch. Love like, that it's, a lot. It's such a cool scene. I think... That was one of the scenes, like, when I think of, like, Captain America, one of the first scenes that comes to mind besides, like, some stuff that happens in Endgame, obviously, is this scene. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's just, like, you watch the movie, you're like, ah, it's just fun to watch. I love because he, it's it's so tense, and then you see, you see that yeah. beat of sweat drop from that one guy, and then he, and uh, then yeah, he yeah. knows, and then, it, you know, he just turns. And then even after he finishes all the guys in the elevator, boom, doors open, you know, round two. But Cap's not having it. He turns around, slices the uh, uh, one of the, the the things holding the elevator up, and they all go plummet. I don't know how all those guys survived after plummeting, after being knocked out. But that's that's okay. That's that's another thing. So we'll yeah, suspend then, our disbelief. Yeah, exactly. And then Cap, in like a moment of panic, he jumps out of the elevator. What like fifty stories down, I straight think down. So. Yeah, is that when he landed on his... He lands on his shield a couple times. He lands on his shield, yeah. He, he jumps, kind of curls up into a little ball and lands on his shield after jumping off, like, 40-story building out of the elevator. Because they're like, there's nowhere you can go, Cap. Yep. And he jumps out of the elevator, and they're like, really? Right? Yeah, he's like, he's like we'll see you about that. <laughs> I, that awesome. I, that, yeah. I love that scene. One of, one of the things I think is really cool about this movie, too, is we kind of get a feel for what Captain America is capable of. Not only, yeah. not only his strength and his ability and his his superpowers, but what he's able to take. Like, I I, I feel like for a lot of, uh, you know, Captain America 1 and even the beginning of this movie, I'm like, I don't know, can he get shot? Like, what happens? I Like, I know he has, you talked about in the first movie, his, you know, regenerative, um, you know, his system that, that he got as a result uh, yeah. from the serum, but we, we don't really know. Like, and, you know, at the beginning of the movie, we see him just jump out of a plane with no parachute. And, you know, he's probably going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much just lands, like, kind of on a shield and just rolls and gets up. Like, he's fine. Like, he, he can do a lot more than I think we, like like you said, like we've seen before. Like, I feel like the other movies where he was in, we kind of just got to see, like, you know, his leadership abilities and, like, his, like, let's go team kind of thing. Right, yeah, his And this spirit. was the first one where he, yeah, exactly. This was, like, less about his spirit as the character, more of, like, like this is what he can actually do like physically what he can do against these people yeah and, like i think showing like giving him a reason that we can believe he can hold his own in an avengers level threat because we hadn't really seen it like i didn't believe it in the first avengers that he could really hold his own right yeah I didn't. but now it. i can yeah he seemed he seemed a little bit too cocky didn't hadn't really come into himself yet you know like hadn't, hadn't yeah because he, he didn't really have that long being captain america before he had to dip the plane down into the Arctic. I don't know. He probably should have just jumped out of the plane, seeing, seeing <laughs> that now he can just jump out of planes like it's 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 no problem. Uh, a lot of that, like how long he was in the army for before he became Captain America, and even as long as he's Captain America, the movies don't do a good job of showing that timeline because the when they go back to the base in this movie, it seems like he was there for so long. Like he's like, I know yeah. everything about this place. I knew all the army rules. It's like if you watch the movie, it only seems like he's there for like a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he went through like boot camp, and they're like, "Yeah, you know what? This kid's got heart. Let's put him in the uh, strap him up. Let's let's inject him." Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but you're right. When he when he went back, he he knew everything. He's like, "Oh, this is where we would do this." And then, so I'm guessing that uh that shield building was there after he went after he 
crash the plane into the ice? Did yeah, they, because they, they after he goes in the post, ice, right? It, yeah, I think it's after they go and he goes in the ice is when, um, yeah, I think that's when Peggy Carter, after he goes in the ice, starts S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, and she starts it with um, with Stark and yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah, which is why their pictures are on the wall and uh, Romanov's like, who's this? Right, and uh, they, they talked about that too at the beginning of the movie when he was uh, when he was by Peggy's bedside. Right, he said like, oh, you did a great job of... You know, like, not a lot of this would happen without you. I, 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 that scene was really hard, too, where uh, she's like, you know, you saved the world, and then we, you know, basically fucked it up. Like, we, 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 didn't, we didn't take what you had given us and ran with it. We kind of just let it slip back into the hands of the people you fought to destroy. Yeah, I mean, and that, that was heartbreaking, just watching, like, the woman. He, he had to sit there by the bedside of the woman he loved as she was dying in old, of old age. Like just a sad scene. <laughs> could could have been could have been hinting at the fact though that she knew that Hydra was kind of taking over Shield. You know, like like yeah. just you know kind of an, an analogy for the world, but saying hey, we kind of let this slide. But then immediately you see her go back to, oh Steve, it's it's been so long, you came back, and you know it's just it's that that's pretty hard. Yeah, it's it's super hard, and like it's especially knowing like their past and everything. It's like oh, it's so sad. Like it's so sad just watching those scenes. Right. It was nice that that she was still alive when they found yeah. him in the ice, but yeah, it was yeah. still kind of an open ended chapter for him, which I think leads a lot of his past to you know still weave its way into his his current story. We see yeah, a lot of that in the, the flashbacks and stuff too. You know when uh, you know there's that scene where. Think you know things are going rough for Steve in his home life, and Bucky's like, "Hey, you could you know you can crash here." Steve's like, "No, no, no, I'm fine. You know, like I'll be all right." And he's like, "You don't have to do it alone. Like you, you can have some help." And I think, I think that that message carries you know more now into Steve and you know Captain America being more of a team player instead of just a okay, I got this. You know, like this this is this is what I know. This is what I do. I'm the I'm the guy. Now he's part of a team and has to kind of act like it. Definitely. And then um, I think after this, we have the big climax scene where they have to go take down the three helicarriers. Yeah, that's like the last like third of the movie. Like that. It's a huge chunk. Yeah. And when we get to see finally like Bucky fight Cap in a way of like, because Cap's like, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to hurt you. Like you have to like remember me. And Bucky's like, no, and starts to beat the shit out of him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a, it was a little goofy when he just kicks his shield off. Yeah. Like, why? Like, now you're going to have to go get that later. Like, you're going to have to go track that down. You're going to have to get on your phone, find my shield. <laughs> and then... <laughs> the find my shield app. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, he's, he's, he, I'm sure he's familiar with Apple. He knows what's going on. He probably put tile on there. Yeah, well, he has Apple written down. It's not crossed off, though, in his little notebook, so he might not know about Apple really yet. I did like that, uh, the scene where they go into the Apple store when they're uh, trying to figure out oh, yeah. where the, the GPS is going from. And uh, whatever that, that guy's name was that helped him was super funny. It's like I yeah, they got have those same glasses, and he's like specimen. I love that line. That's, I kinda, yeah. That guy cracks me up. Yeah, and Tasha's like, "You guys are practically twins." He's like, "Oh, I wish." Yeah, specimen. <laughs> I like that. Like that scene real, real quick after too, where they're like going out of the mall, and he's he like sees all the people in like their formations and yeah. calls them out, and he's like, "All right, it's gonna get crazy here." And she's like, "Oh, just laugh at something I said. Oh, just just kiss me like really quick, and then it'll be fine. Like we'll just get out of here." Yeah, he's always ready for the fight, and she was like, "We can get out of here a lot easier than that." She's she's a pro. Well, then he he gets the fight in the in the next big sequence. Yeah, and 
yeah, it was it was a cool thing, especially seeing um, in the big like climactic scene where they're trying to take down the helicarriers with the uh, the like the nano chips and stuff. Is seeing like Falcon be such a big part of it, and basically like not be, like like you said, not being a sidekick, but literally carrying Captain America from like one ship to the other, right? And like saving his life on multiple occasions until obviously Winter Soldier rips off one of his wings and takes him down. Right. Yeah. You knew he was done as soon as one of his wings goes down. But then he's still, you know, fighting from the ground. You know, he, I, he yeah, he got back into. Where did he get back into? Just one of the main bases. Uh, yeah. So he gets into. He lands one to one of the buildings, and he's. Uh, that's when he fights Rumlow. Oh, uh, right. And then one of the helicopters lands in the building. He's running, and they're like. Yeah. Sam, where are you? He's like forty-first floor. Yeah, he's like, I need and he to jumps right out of the. <laughs> yeah, he jumps out of the helicopter, and uh, the helicopter's too low, so they have to like spin the helicopter so it land the blades. He's like, forty-first floor, and I love Samuel Jackson's line. He's like, it's like they put the numbers of the floor on the outside of the building. Yep, yeah, I, I, I like it. They did, they did a lot of jumping and catching in that last scene. Like Cap jumps yeah. off at one point. He's like, hey, I may need you for a ride. And he's like, all right, just tell me when. He's like, I just did. Yeah. He's like, I'm coming right now. Yeah, that was that was a, a very epic fight scene too because it's it's uh, I love how they cut back and forth between this kind of grandiose big scale definitely budget flexing right here scene yeah. to you know back in kind of the uh, the control room right and you see you see everybody kind of tense looking at each other they're like it's a, it's like a who's who like clue situation yeah and it's i thought they i thought that it was a is a is a great scene and you know worked perfectly yeah i mean easily one of my favorite like climactic scenes in the early phases of marvel i mean this scene was like, like you said it's perfect way it's kind of jumping around between several different things but it never feels too much it never feels jumbled in any way like chris and i yesterday or last week were talking about um thor the dark world and that last kind of climactic scene felt jumbled and weird and kind of like a little out of place whereas mm-hmm. this one like it felt perfect. And the same time that we're having the big, like, budget-flecting scenes, we're also getting story and we're getting, like, character development. We're getting so much out of the scene that it just, it works, it blends. It's such a good movie. Right. I, th- I think it, I, I kind of felt the same for the end sequence for Iron Man 3, too. You know, where all the suits are exploding, there's kind of this big fight, but it's really impactful and powerful. And, yeah. you know, it just kind of, kind of plays towards everybody's strengths. And this, I think this ends, you know, so much more optimistically and kind of curiously. It's, you know, I think partially because it's, you know, the second in Captain America's own trilogy. But I I thought it was a it was a great end to a very kind of tense and, uh, yeah, fun kind of spy movie. Yeah, I mean, if anyone who listens is not, like, the biggest fan of, like, Marvel superhero movies, this is, I think, the best one to kind of... Like, obviously, you have to watch the ones before for it to make perfect sense, but it's such a good movie to watch because it doesn't feel like a... It feels a lot more like an Iron Man where it's not, like... A superhero movie kind of it feels like a mixture of a superhero movie and just a really good character film it, it just works so well on both levels one thing i found interesting about um this movie is that i, I remember when this movie was coming out a lot of people were having the problem with like well obviously this was a big like shield threat why didn't any of the other avengers come in like why didn't iron man come to help and the way that the russo brothers said like we're basically saying like, this movie takes place over like three days like it goes quick like there was no time to get the Avengers assembled and get a plan together. Like this movie happens so fast and you definitely see it. Like there's no rest. Captain America never gets to stop. Right. And I, I can also see too where they wouldn't contact him because people don't know who, who to trust. I mean, at, at yeah. this point it's literally every man for himself and you have to kind of go back to the basics. You know, there's that kind of hard talk that, um, 
Captain America has with Natasha, he's, and she's like, you know, I owe you one, but do you trust me enough in that same position to do the same for you? And he's like, you know what, now I do. You know, and that's, I think that, I think that, you know, explains a lot of why they didn't bring a, you know, also, also it's his own movie, you know, but that, you know, that aside, I think that's why it's, it's because you have to start from zero when you, when you don't know who to trust, you have to look around you and say, this person right next to me right now, are they good or bad? Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing that they had to, you know, trying to convince Nick Fury because Cap was like, or well, Fury's things like we need to take down Hydra and Cap's like, no, we need to end shield and hydra yes they're one and the same right and fury was like no we don't have to we can save shield and they're like everyone was like no yeah there's like we we don't want to yeah there's like i there's like i have no intention of going back to this this organization yeah like it's just it's dismantling everything that they that they knew and it's just i mean it starts fresh i mean we even have the last line in the movie is sam replying to captain is like when do like where do we start what we do now right yeah he's like i I don't i don't ask you to or expect you to come with me he's like "Eh, yeah you kind of do plus uh this this was pretty fun i'm coming along yeah and it's not in this movie but one of my favorite sam wilson quotes is in civil war when he's talking to cap and he's like the people who end up shooting or the people shoot at you end up shooting at me too Mm -hmm. like i just i love that line there's like so much to that line and it shows a lot of him as a character and i think i mean it's just it's such a beautiful like line that he has and he's, he's such a great character and I mean, I, I love that we got to see him really in this movie as, like, a character first before the Falcon. Because, like you said, he doesn't become Falcon until way later. We get to see him grow as a character and then a superhero. Yep. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't, like, flex that right away. You know, he's he's, yeah. he's just being a humble... He's, like, a gracious, you know, VRBO host for uh, <laughs> uh, for Captain America and Natasha. But then he's like, actually, you know, I'm I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a badass. You know, like, don't, don't worry about it. I, I love that scene, too, where he's, he's showing him the suit, telling him about it. And Cap's like, where, where's it at? And he's like, oh, it's, you know, it's super secure in this, you know, three vault place. He just looks over at Natasha. She's like, yeah, it sounds pretty easy. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like we'll get that out. No problem. Yeah, nothing for her. Um, I think the next thing I really want to talk about, though, is I think I want to go to the, mid- the mid-credit scene. So yeah. this mid-credit scene, man, this was big for me because I have said it before on the show. I'm a big X-Men fan, and this is when we first get to see... Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Right. With the Strucker. I don't think we'd met Strucker at the time. Is obviously a Hydra agent. And he's like, we got, like, they, he's like, we got Loki's scepter. Like, he's like saying how they're gonna, there's other Hydra bases. He's like, we'll make sure that they get them first. We'll take, that we can finish our work with the twins who, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, um, Aaron Tyler Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, respectively. Man, I was so excited. I mean, I was a little confused because, they're mutants in the comics, but then they're not mutants here, which will be weird when they do bring X-Men into the series, like how they're going to explain that one out. Right, That that's going to be really but, tough, because it's. I know that that's... X-Men kind of operates in their own world. Yeah. I mean, they, they just have so much going on that I feel like the MCU and... It's just... It's one of the most insane crossovers that I think is going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. But one, one thing I did think of in this scene... So, we get... It's implied that, you know... Elizabeth Olsen's character. So Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were created by the Scepter, the mm-hmm. power of the Scepter, which is the Mind Stone, which is then used to create the Vision. Right. And I think that's why the Vision and Scarlet Witch have also such a connection, is because mm-hmm. they're both created by the same Infinity Stone. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I so, totally see that. 
I didn't put that together until this movie. But this time, this watch through. But I remember sitting there going like, "Oh, they were created by the same thing in a way." Like obviously, the vision was literally born from it, whereas Elizabeth Olsen's character was just changed from regular human to superhuman through it. But I, I yeah, this is the first movie I think we get two credit and credit scenes that both are super important. And so the one after is Bucky is walking through the Captain America exhibit at the Smithsonian and sees the display of himself. Kind of a callback to, it, you know, one of the first scenes where Captain America is kind of reliving it as a, uh, you know, as a spectator and kind of seeing what everybody else has this image of him as. And, you know, Bucky is now just kind of beginning that redemption arc. Yeah, and it, it's, we're starting to see maybe he's coming out of this whole mind control thing. Maybe he's starting to be himself again, that he had the forethought to go and look at this stuff. Right. Because, I mean, I don't think he would have done that obviously if he was still being they wouldn't have let him do that if he was still being controlled by hydra right yeah there's there's no way i mean they would have just wiped him and tried to get him back on their uh back on their path again yeah i mean this movie just as a whole i mean it's absolutely like we we have our list of rankings for our marvel movies so far and i think it's just easy to say this goes right after iron man one absolutely like it's just it's it's damn near perfect for a superhero movie that I think everyone can get behind. I mean, this was the highest grossing for a long time because pe- this, I think, drew was one of the big examples of drawing in people who weren't big comic book fans and also people who were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because it had aspects of both. And I think I I watched this on the heels of Captain America 1. Um, I went a little out of order on that one. But <laughs> um, I think in I think they've, re- they've really kind of fallen into a great rhythm here. I feel like in Captain America yeah. 1, it felt like a lot of the humor was eh, just like just like funny lines, but like didn't really make sense for the characters who were saying them. Like like definitely definitely smartly written, but not greatly executed. And I think in this movie, it's it's so much better. It's there's there's so many little things to pick up on. You know, you can watch it again and you know pick up, read in between the lines and see what you missed, and watch it for the action scenes for the you know the romance for the comedy for uh, you know a crazy mind game of who's who and it's you're right this movie does kind of have it all when you're looking for a you know just a great superhero movie yeah definitely i mean i, I think a lot of it was the russo brothers man they came in and they started making something Absolutely. great i mean like we said before this was a big turning point for marvel i mean they had some you know not some great like not so great movies in the beginning like they had some obviously outstanding ones like iron man but also some okay ones this was i think the big turn of like Everything after this was great. I mean, you had the Russo brothers do this. You had James Gunn do Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. You get... Uh, and then we move on. Like, obviously, you get the Russo brothers back for Infinity War and Endgame. You get some... Yep. Uh, the first Ant-Man I thought was great. Like, it's just... It completely changed the way that these movies were Yeah, this movie's, like, done. off to the races. You know, it's like... All right, yeah, I mean, it's Black like, Panther... Right, established everything. Let's go. Yeah, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Just some amazing characters and movies coming into this that, like, are so exciting and so fun to watch. And I, th- I believe it all started with this one again because I think what they I think what they were trying to do too hard was they made Iron Man and it was a hit and then they kept trying to remake Iron Man again with multiple with other heroes mm-hmm. and nothing was kind of hitting and it just kind of felt weak and then they had some in my opinion some of the worst in a row of Iron Man three and Thor the Dark World right and then they had this one and it was like oh and then they were kind of right like back on track. I feel like Marvel was like oh okay like this this is what people want right and then I think they kind of. You know, I loved the integrate because I I think we're okay with Iron Man three being the end of Tony Stark's you know miniature arc, 
because yeah. the because he's such a prominent figure in the rest of the Avengers movies. I mean, like they're they're basically more Iron Man movies, but just with everybody else and Tony Stark's not the primary focus. Yeah. So I mean, just movie is amazing, and I think I'm gonna move on to the beer now. If you're cool with that, absolutely. So, like I said before, this is from Prairie Artisan Ales, which is in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I have never been to Oklahoma, but this beer was so good. I downed it in the first, like, ten minutes of the show. <laughs> um, it's an American farmhouse ale. It is a 6.6 alcohol by volume. It's called Murica. Nice. And it is just divine. Like, it's very, very tasty. And... I mean, I mean, not that I didn't expect it to be good, but I just I was going into this place. Like, I go to Windsor Home Brewing, which I've talked about before, to go get beer. And I was like, I need something kind of Captain America-ish. Kind of like, I was looking at, like, is there some kind of espionage theme? Because, you know, every beer has to be themed. That's what I set up from the beginning. And I saw this. I was like, ah, oh, this will do. Like, this will be a good one. It kind of works. Captain America, America, it's got the whole theme. And also what I liked is, you know, Captain America's learning about pop culture. And on the can is a lot of, like different pop culture things of America. Cool. And, like, you know, it's got footballs and baseballs and, hor- and like, um, I think it's got, is that the Alamo? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, just stuff like that. Like, it, it just kind of, I thought it worked pretty well, and I was surprised just how good it was. I just didn't, for some reason, I didn't expect it. But, I mean, if this is what Prairie Artisan Ales does, I'm going to have to go to Oklahoma at some point in my life and try it out. I mean, it's really, really good. I'm Going to knock down another can probably when we're done recording. I kind of want to pop over to a liquor store and see if I have it here now. You're making me thirsty. It, it is really, really good. I'd highly recommend it to anyone. Um, I don't know exactly where they're shipping. I know they're open in Oklahoma, so if we have any listeners in Oklahoma want to check it out, you can definitely try. Um, they also have brew pubs and stuff in the local area of Oklahoma, so you guys can check that out as well. Um I mean, I found it in just a liquor store by me, so you guys can definitely give that a shot. And, uh, yeah, I think that was pretty good. Adam, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I honestly love this movie, and, and talking about it with you is just uh, it's, it's always a good time. Yeah, we'll have to have you back. Next week, we are covering the Guardians of the Galaxy with Grayson, who will be back. So get excited for that. And, yeah, I hope everyone has a good week, and we'll see you next week. Sounds good. See you guys.